0: Well, hello and welcome to this edition of the Gospel Points Podcast, where the gospel is the point. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and thanks once again for joining us. Well, we're going to wrap up our uh, long series on the 2016 presidential election by looking at the Libertarian candidate, Gary Johnson. But before we get to that, let's get to the poll question. This week's poll question found on Twitter at Kevin J. Thompson is, which Bible version do you prefer? And we had four options, KJV, ESV, NASB, or the NIV. And so, you voted, and the results are, the winner is... Well, we have a three-way tie between the ESV, the KJV, and the NASB, and coming in dead last was the NIV. That kind of took me by surprise, I thought either the ESV or the king james version uh would prevail i know the king james has a very strong following still i grew up in a king james only uh, uh atmosphere i was raised that way i went to college that taught that uh, so i knew that that a lot of my friends would probably vote for that um i know right now i use the esv that would be my vote is for the esv um but a couple nasby guys out there that you know I, I kind of took me by surprise and I guess the NIV, uh, I know it's one of the most popular Bible translations, but apparently not among you, my listeners. So, well, uh, join us next week for that poll question. Again, you can find that at Kevin J. Thompson, at Kevin J. Thompson. I usually post those either Sunday or Monday. Usually it's Monday when I forget uh, after Sunday. But at Kevin J. Thompson, and uh, you'll find the next week's poll question up there. Well, as I said, we are finishing up our series with with uh, the 2016 uh, presidential election, we've talked with Daryl Castle of the Constitution Party. We've talked with Tom Hoefling of the America's Party, two third-party candidates. And uh, we briefly uh, spent one episode talking about Donald Trump uh, with my friend Scott Oakland. And, of course, Scott is a Trump supporter. Drives me nuts, but I love Scott. He's a great guy. Don't forget about his podcast, The Lutheran Cast. Um... But we had some disagreements there on air. And now we're wrapping things up with Gary Johnson. Now, some of you are thinking, well, what what about Jill Stein or what about Hillary Clinton? Well, I really don't know a lot of Christian evangelicals like myself that are voting for either of those two candidates. But if you are and you want to come on the the podcast, by all means, uh, shoot me an email, kevin at kevinjthompson.info. That's kevin at kevinjthompson.info and uh, by all means we'll we'll welcome we'll, we'll we'll welcome back this series for two other episodes uh but I don't really see that happening so gary johnson i was really excited about this now you'll my faithful listeners will know this podcast was delayed two days i'm i'm posting this on a friday instead of a wednesday uh and the reason for that is i was good. i had everything ready for wednesday except that i heard that Gary Johnson was actually going to be in town. He's up in Milwaukee, and that's just about an hour and a half from where I am in Rockford, Illinois. So I said, "You know what? I'm just going to wait. I'm going to go to this rally." I went to the rally last night, um, and I'll tell you, it was a stark difference. Now, the the interviews were going to air today. Uh, questions I was able to pose to Gary Johnson were actually took took place back in 2012. Uh, I met the governor uh, at a at a rally in uh, um in iowa uh america's strong rally several candidates were there um and i got the chance to talk to the governor there and to be honest um i got a chance to talk to him because not a lot of people were seeking him out i mean he wasn't one of the bigger names herman cain was there uh and some other folks um tim Pawlenty was there when he was still in the race but uh, not a lot of people were seeking out Gary Johnson, so I had a chance to talk to him. I asked, asked a question for my podcast, and fortunately, that, I can't find that video. I took a video of it. And I can't find that. If I do, I'll, I'll post it online. Um, but then I, I got on to his uh, blogger conference calls. He invited me to come in, and I uh, participated in those So uh, several times. I think about once a month or so, we had uh, just a... Conversation. This was when Gary was running for the Republican nomination before he quit that, joined the Libertarian Party. Um, and so we're going to air some of those conference call interviews questions. Um, but I thought, wait a minute, if Gary's going to be in town, I want to go and try to see him. I also wanted to see Bill Weld. Bill Weld was my governor. When I lived in Massachusetts when I was a teenager, uh, he was my governor. In fact, the very first bumper sticker I ever got from my car was a Bill Weld re-election uh, sticker, uh, but he wasn't there. Oh, well. So I was hoping maybe, maybe just maybe I could get Gary to answer another question for me for the podcast. Um, well, that didn't happen. And and I want to say unfortunately, but it was fortunate for him. Like I said, back in 2012 when I met him, not a lot of people were there talking to him this time. Whoa, a huge difference. There was a massive crowd in Milwaukee. I had to kind of fight my way over to the stage. And I was already in front. Um, and so I had to kind of throw a few elbows or so and, and just get there uh, and shout out, hey, Governor, come on. And I, I got a little selfie with him. It didn't really come out well. And it didn't come out because I was just getting pushed and shot by every, everybody. This massive amount of people were trying to get Gary. Um, little interesting story, though. Uh he actually jumped off the stage. The stage wasn't that high, but uh, I asked him, "Come, come, can, can I get a picture?" Can I, there were literally other people looking for autographs, whatnot, and so he, he looked at me, he said, "Sure," and he, and he grabbed my shoulder and he just kind of leaped off the stage. Um, so that was that was pretty cool, and we took a quick quick selfie And I thought, there, "There's no way I could record anything with him, uh, even if he even if he stopped to answer the question." Uh, you probably wouldn't have been able to hear any answer. There was just a lot of people there, and quite frankly, at one point, I was fearing for my life because the guy uh, was just getting mobbed, and I couldn't go anywhere. I- I'm a guy. I'm not a touchy feely kind of guy. I'm not a guy that likes to even really be touched. And man, it w- that was not an ideal situation for a guy like me. But anyway, so uh, I'm going to air these questions because I think they have some modern relevance. They are dated though. Um, and you'll and you'll see that uh, in some of these questions so let's first um, we're going to go to um, the first question I got to af- ask him on these conference calls and this was um, the issue of abortion at that time he was running for the Republican nomination he was pro-choice in a very pro-life field and so I asked him about that how do you get he get that and of course you know a lot of that isn't applicable now but at the end he starts talking about where he actually stands on abortion. I think that's a, that's a key thing, because the, the, the title of this podcast is uh, Gary Johnson and the Evangelical Vote. And so we're going to talk about the issues that are concerned, uh, that evangelicals like myself are concerned about. Gay marriage abortion, for me, is on the top of that list. Um, and so I had the question, I asked the question about uh, him seeking the Republican nomination as a pro-choice candidate. At the end, he really kind of defines where he was on abortion. So uh, let, let's, let's play uh, that clip right now. Uh, good morning, Governor. Good morning. Um, we had a, a good chance to meet uh, this past Saturday in Iowa at the uh, Stronger America Now conference. And uh, I, I think that your message was really well received. At least it seemed that way to me sitting in the audience. Um, so the question I have, uh, your, your economic message seems to have at least an audience in the GOP, but in a party known for its pro-life platform, how does a pro-choice candidate get the nomination? Well,
1: you know, Kevin, uh, all I have is my resume. That's all I have. And um, when I ran for governor of New Mexico, for those Republicans who held pro-life as their as their only position, which I think they're, I think in the Republican Party, perhaps 20% of the Republican Party holds that as their as their number one position. I didn't, I did not get uh, any of those votes in the primary, but um, in the general election, I think I got all of those votes in the general election. So I don't know if uh, nationally. Uh, this isn't the same situation, that for those individuals that really hold uh, life, uh, uh, pro-life, as their number one position, um, I don't know if I get their vote. I don't think I get their vote in the primary, but I would hope in the general election uh, that I would. My, my position on abortion is that I support a woman's right to choose, Uh, As governor of New Mexico, I did sign a bill uh, banning late-term abortion. I've always favored the parental notification. I've always favored counseling. I've always favored the notion that uh, no public funds should be used for abortion because of just how many people uh, find that to be abhorrent.
0: So after that question, I I wanted to ask him about... Uh, follow up on that about his faith so uh, he wasn't really known as a person of of, of much faith and that doesn't really play into his campaign much but again as an evangelical that's a question I want to know that's a question I want to hear and so I asked him about his faith and, and here's that clip Governor um, I, I think I'm probably establishing myself as the social conservative in the room um, but I, I'm very thankful for the fact that you're willing to dialogue and to uh, to be open about about these things um, so I, I guess my question would be, uh, being a, a person of faith myself, a lot of the people in the circles I, I travel with talk about our country as a as a Christian nation that has lost its way. We have a rich Christian heritage of a, a founding uh, that we've departed from, uh, and it seems as though a lot of them look for people of faith um, when casting their vote. So. Um, First off, I, I guess I would ask, are you a person of faith, and should that matter um, when casting a ballot?
1: Well, uh, I, I believe in God. I <laughs> you know, in uh, do unto me, and I live my life by that uh, notion. I, in that context, uh, the other day I was asked about uh, prayer in schools, uh, when I ran for governor the first time, yes, I support prayer in the schools. I, I do. I just think that, it's you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Having been governor of New Mexico, what I came to, uh, what I came to understand that I didn't uh, grasp so much beforehand is that there are a lot of people who, are, um, who, who don't believe in God. And because they don't believe in God... Um, that we're not respecting their rights at all uh, by by the requirement that there be prayer in the schools, and I came to recognize that, and I came to recognize that it's that it's not a small element. Now, now these are people that these are people that are good people. They just they don't believe in God. And maybe maybe there are those that would believe that that is not possible to have good and not believe in God, but. Um, I felt like I've come in contact with a lot of those people and um, and then back to this country and what this country was established on the basis of which was, I, I think was established on the basis of uh, individuals from Europe being persecuted for their religious beliefs and, and coming here and being able to exercise those religious beliefs including not having to register, if you will so I guess that's. Uh, I've just become a lot more uh, tolerant of other people's uh, beliefs, and and that doesn't, for a second, take away from your beliefs and and how you shouldn't be able to enjoy those beliefs and, and uh, live those beliefs to their fullest.
0: So, would you say you you are for religious freedom for all, including those who prescribe to no particular religion? Now, that question, that last thing about religious liberty, I would love to follow up on that now. In fact, that's going to lead to my next question about gay marriage. And uh, since gay marriage has been legalized, well, so to speak, by the Supreme Court, um, we've had a lot of issues concerning religious freedom. And I'd love to follow up with that. Uh, But anyway, uh, I did want to ask about gay marriage. Because that is again another issue that evangelicals are concerned about an issue I 'm concerned about uh, as a libertarian, I knew going into this he was going to disagree with what I had to say um, and that's fine, but I also propose a, a a compromise that i'd love to see more discussion about should government be taken out of the marriage business altogether so uh well i'll let 'll let Gary answer that question well thank you, Governor, for uh, even just inviting me on to the the conference call um You've mentioned the word intolerance quite a bit connected with the Republican Party or, or, or the social conservatives of the Republican Party who oppose homosexual marriage and uh, other abortion, other such things. Um, my question is, what message do you have to those who... I mean, when every time homosexual marriage comes up for a vote, it has been rejected by the people. So there seems to be at least somewhat of a, not just a a clique of social conservatives in, in the Republican Party, but it seems to be uh, an outspoken majority of the public who oppose this. And what do you say to those evangelicals, social conservatives, who hold to a religious doctrine that spans centuries of time? Um, I, I guess, what, what is your message to them? If it's just you're intolerant, it seems like you're alienating a lot of people.
1: No, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to alienate anybody here. I, I want. Uh, I, I'd like to see Republicans focus on uh, what is doable and and what really needs to be done in this country. And that is uh, uh, in what I would be advocating is uh, balance the federal budget. I, I'm really in the camp that believes that uh, if we don't fix our financial. Uh, financial situation that we're all going to be left with nothing. Um that's my point is uh is uh it, it would be um it would be a shame to see uh Republicans not be given a chance uh to fix this believing that they're the party that is going to fix this. Um it would be a shame if that were the case because uh, Republicans uh, led with a social agenda that um, a lot of Americans, a lot of the world, uh, looks at Republicans negatively because they lead with that. I, as, as, as an individual, as somebody who believes that uh, the best thing that the government can do for you and I as individuals is empower you and I in, as individuals to be all that we can, uh, I would say to the individual that uh, espouses a, a social agenda to lead uh, as an individual with that social agenda and that that's how you bring about change in your, in your life and in your community. And, uh, leading by example is, uh, is, is the best, uh, the, the best way to lead. So as an individual, if that's, if that's your belief, then, then follow that belief as an individual, but to make that, uh, a government policy uh, to pass laws that would, uh, that would tell me as an individual something adverse to what I might otherwise uh, believe or espouse. Uh, that isn't the way to, to uh, that isn't the way to bring about change.
0: I got a quick follow up question. I've often thought a, a a decent compromise, and I want to get your thoughts on this on this whole issue. Um, would be just to take government out of the equation completely when it comes to marriage. Um, why should government be in the marriage business in the first place?
1: Uh, That would be my position from day one on this, that uh, the government should be in the civil union business, uh, regardless of uh, whether uh, it's a heterosexual couple or a gay couple, uh, and leave marriage to the churches.
0: That's always been my position. Now, if I'm not mistaken, that's not his position today. I think he's taken a very stronger stance on gay marriage. Of course, the culture now allows him to do that. Well, um... So we're going to, have to disagree certainly on that issue. Probably now, uh, final question for Gary, and this is kind of the uh, wrapping it up. His theory of government or his philosophy of government: what role ought the federal government to play? Because libertarians have that reputation, uh, along with radical conservatives or Tea Party groups, of almost being anarchists. So, what is there? Is there any role for the government to play? Well, uh, Gary's going to answer that question and uh real and the the more important question in my mind is where does government get its authority from uh I believe Roman thirteen is clear that that authority comes from God, and I think our founding fathers even had that idea though again i'm I i do not believe the Christ- that the Christian that that founding fathers are all Christians and saved on their way to heaven right now or in their in heaven right now uh but certainly they they believed in some idea of a creator God that gave us certain unalienable rights, and so I wanted to kind of throw that question out to Gary and, uh, well, we'll let Gary answer it once again. Johnson, this is Kevin Thompson again. I've got kind of a real softball question, but I think an important question I try to ask every candidate, candidate I meet. Governor, in your view, explain to us what is the role of government in society and where does government get its authority from?
1: Well, uh, I... I think I touched, I hope I did touch on that earlier. Uh, government has a role to protect uh, you and I against individuals that would do us uh, property harm or uh, physical harm. And government has a role to protect uh, you and I from uh, protect our country from uh, foreign aggression, so military threats. Um, government has a role uh, in my opinion to provide a level playing field um, that all of us uh, can play in that uh, that allows us from going from having nothing to having everything if we're willing to work hard and innovate. And that's the problem in America today is um, I think government picks winners and losers and uh, that uh, we end up with uh, a corporatism that favors well-connected uh, individuals, uh, groups, um, business. Uh, as opposed
0: to um, affecting all of us equally. Thank you, Governor. Well, thank you, Governor Johnson, for allowing me those opportunities back a few years ago. And if you're listening by some sort of miracle now, I'd love to get back in on that. If if, if you're still doing these, these blogger conferences, which I have feeling you're not, but... Uh, John, Governor Johnson said since then, one of the mistakes he felt like he made back in 2014 is doing so much internet radio. Uh, and so, uh, oh well. I'm, I'm probably and I'm, Again, he's probably lurched more toward the libertarian view of things in the social realm. And I'm certainly just not there. I'm probably not one of his favorite people. Not that he doesn't like me. In fact, he was pretty cool with me uh, last night in Milwaukee. But anyway... Uh, I thought I'd just put this out there because I know many of you are, are considering voting for Gary Johnson. Uh, my in my estimation, I just I would love to see a third party gain more traction. I just I can't get behind the Libertarian Party. I can't get behind Gary Johnson. Uh, I to me, life in the womb is too precious. I I just can't vote for somebody who is going to allow the execution of the unborn for the mere sake of convenience. I I just, I I couldn't sleep at night supporting a man. I I agree with a lot of his economic views, Um, and I can can even think there's some compromise on some social issues, but I just, call me crazy, call me extreme, call me whatever, but I, I just can't get past the life issue. And I know there are more issues out there. And I know, I, I believe Gary Johnson is better than Donald Trump and better than Hillary Clinton. And if if those are the only three options, then I'd probably go with Gary Johnson. But I, I, I can't vote for someone who's pro-choice. I just I just can't do it. Anyway, but you let your conscience uh, affect your vote. You pray about it. You search the scriptures. And uh, you make your own decision. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. Um... But I do ask you to vote. And even if you choose not to vote, I I respect the, the, the view. I, they're just people I, I just can't support anyone. I, I get that. And if you want to cast your vote by not voting, that's fine. But do remember there are down uh, ballot races that also need your attention, whether it's the U.S. Senate or the Congress or state representation, state legislators, local officials. There are people that need your vote and there are people that deserve your vote. Go and do your homework and make that a priority. Um, But don't violate your conscience. And allow your conscience, as Martin Luther said, his conscience is held captive by the word of God. And I hope uh, you will take that to heart. Well, this really concludes again. Let's Unless someone from Jill Stein's office or uh, Hillary Clinton's office wants to give me a call, this is going to conclude our look into the 2016 presidential race, and next week we'll get back to talking more uh, theological issues. So until then, have a great rest of your week. Don't forget to check out the blog, www.kevinjthompson.info. Also, check uh, rate us on iTunes. Please, please, please rate us on iTunes. Uh, share this podcast with your friends. So anyway, have a great rest of your week. See you next time.